0: the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. I want to uh, thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, live um, here today over our flagship station, Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio. And, hey, friends, let me say this to you. Um, When I left you, I was, um, well, I don't know, considering just how far we have come from the days of taking it for granted that we were the Chinese chumps. Yeah, they were using us as chumps to today where, um, I don't know, they're rethinking, they're considering, you're wondering why they're not moving their night into position on the chessboard of global competition, and I do believe it's because they are playing this match, this uh, global chess match, with a an American leader that they have not seen before. And and they don't know uh, they 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 pretty much uh, believe that he's most likely will be around another four years, but because they don't know how this American saga that is is playing out in this twenty twenty election, the Chinese as well as the North Koreans who take their cues from the Chinese. They're all kind of dragging their feet, which tells us plainly that the antics of the progressive liberals, the Democrat Party, the socialist Marxist Democrat Party, they are actually a threat to national security. Because they keep clouds of suspicion swirling around an American president. It is not healthy for us as Americans for one group of people to keep up such a disturbance. And we don't do something about it. Well, here in about 14 months, there will be something done about it. And unless, uh, you know, these tea leaves that I have read, these political tea leaves that I have read and that many are, are saying they have read. Don't indicate a landslide for Donald John Trump. America. Where do people go? As the Eastern Bloc refugee ask me CL if America goes away where do people go and you better ask yourself that question as far as you are concerned a citizen of this country you better ask yourself are you doing enough to see that it's saved because where do you go I know where many of you could go and probably will go if this thing goes south and the Marxist Socialist Democrat Party has their way, have their way. For the sake of peace and eating with shelter over your head, medical attention, even though you owe your soul to the government. Most of you will conform Yes, conform. Most of you will conform. I trust that we never have to face or cross that bridge as Americans. I trust that we never come to that brink of civil war again in this country, because if in fact it boils down to those types of choices, then there will be no doubt a civil war. The only thing that's left to determine is how bloody that war will be. Who will be divided and taking sides and splitting up and all of this? Because right now, you have, over various issues, the same type of emotional inflaming and inflammation that existed back in 1860 over the institution of slavery and states' rights. You do realize that we have come full circle back to 1860 because the main event conversation that we never talk about even though it is a main event conversation, is race in this country. And that was the conversation in 1860. And states' rights was the cornerstone that everybody was smashing themselves against. And that is what we are here to debate and create lines of communication about today slavery and states' rights. Because uh, that is the hot button issue. I don't care what you are talking about in this country someone is extolling the virtues of being free while someone is crying and singing the blues about their servitude involuntary servitude to whom now that is the million dollar question to whom They wonder, are they enslaved to? To whom are they in service to? It's good that they ask that question. There's no question that it's good that they ask that question. Why? Because it does indicate that at least a spark of Americanism is left in their bones. Because the truth is, Americans, yeah, you may be on your job uh, unloading boxcars. I've done that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we had a chimney tie. Yeah, I've done that as a very young man working my way through um, life. I think Jane and I were, um, I had dropped out of college. We we had our first child, Miranda, and I had to get whatever work I could while trying to get back in school. Yeah, even if you're unloading a box car, that's how I got off on that. I've done that. I don't care what you are doing. Even if you're working for someone else, you're not working for yourself. The truth of the matter is you are working for yourself. Though they're giving you the job and yeah, you may be one of those who has to uh, jump as high as the boss wants you to jump. You are working for yourself and hopefully you're working for yourself to get away from having to, you know, jump high on demand. I hope you're working toward getting away from that. Now, they would want you to think, though, that you're somehow liberated. But they want you to depend on them <laughs> huh? they 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 talk about the freedom of man, but they don't want you to make your own individual decisions. they want you to depend on them, and you will be dependent upon them if in fact, you let them control your health care, yeah. That unseen hand that is guiding the Marxist Socialist Democrat Party right now, they want to be in control of your health care. There is no better way to dominate, control a people than to be in control of whether or not they will get. Medical attention. Yeah. Oh, you uh, want to be free, but then again, you want them to sort of navigate the free landscape for you. Check it out for yourself. That, that, that is one thing that if we've lost anything as Americans, the sense of adventure. I mean, actual adventure. Our adventures now occur all too often in the palm of our hands or at the tip of our fingers. That's how our adventures occur now. Our young people, they have no drive or desire to venture outside of their <clears throat> small sphere of influence. There's no sense of adventure in Americans again. We still travel a lot, but even in our traveling, we take along our, the keys of our captivity with us. All of us. I'm talking about me, too. All of us, we're there now. But uh, at least Jane and I, I'm telling you, we still like to hit the open road for adventure. Americans are really not into that anymore. Especially our young people. And it is working to our detriment. Because there are people who want you to be physically ill as they take over your health care system. There are people wanting you to be absolutely dependent upon them for your medicine. And you had better believe this. There are people who have racketeered, are racketeering, and want to racketeer. When it comes to being the middleman standing between the delivery of medicine and the payment for that medicine, so many Americans are enslaved to these racketeers. And the question has to be when. Do Americans wake up? Especially about how they are being played for chumps when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry. Now, I started this off by saying the Chinese don't know what to do with. Donald John Trump. He's not like any American leader they have ever had. They've never seen one like him. Now, fentanyl. All of you know that fentanyl is a major export from China. It comes into the United States. And it has been that way for years. Now, I mentioned to you that I would show you a 70% jump in a statistic that is absolutely frightening. From 2013 to 2017, every year... There was a seventy percent spike from deaths due to overdose by opioids on opioids. Seventy percent spike in that time frame, you lost Michael Jackson and Prince along with thousands, thousands of other Americans who were addicted to opioids. Fentanyl is one that is worth remembering. The Chinese were absolutely bombarding America with opioids, and we, like idiots, were taking them. What's up with that? You would think that somehow uh, when you are in the rarefied air of Prince and MJ, Michael Jackson, you would have, I don't know, I don't know enough common sense or someone around you with common sense to say no, no. You would think that the average American, because the fact of the matter is, Oh, Hey, listen, I've met some huge, I've met megastars in my life. I've known them. Let me tell you something. They're just like you are. They're just, they just have more money, but they're just like you are. And friends, when we we look at how China was bombarding America with fentanyl and opioids, were we being played for chumps? You better believe it. Yeah. But there's something deeper to this. And friends... This is what I want to talk to you about when we come back after the break. My guest in the first hour was uh, Pillow King Mike Lindell, had a great, great uh, conversation with him. And then my friend Rose uh, Tennant came on after uh, Mike Lindell. And uh, I'm going to hook up with Mike. And uh, there are some things that I really, really, really do admire him for and some things I'd like to bring to his attention as well. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. There is a deeper and darker side to these to the drug overdoses that are going on in this country that we must examine as well. And I want to talk with you about it when we come back. I'm CL. You're listening to the CL Bryant show. Back in a second.
1: are lifted
0: high, our hearts are bowing in reverence, CL back with you on this great day in the USA, and I want to thank all of you for coming along with us as we build this bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation, the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And it will remain that way as long as people like you. And I'm really talking to you conservatives and, of course, you liberals who have the good sense to listen to this show. I'm talking to people like you who will see to it that this republic is kept by the people it was given to. Well, there is a deeper, darker side to this. Um, and I don't know if you heard the, the leap that I told you. During the years of 2013 to 2017, all, that's all during the Obama administration, but uh, it, it, it ended in 2017. From 2013 to 2017, all of this during the Obama administration. <laughs> death from overdoses spiked 70% per year. Are you hearing me? And this was from someone who was, uh, you know, giving the Chinese the old soft. Oh, pillow, Yeah. To lay on. In the American lap. Oh, yeah. They were treating us like chumps. But you can't just blame the Chinese or the Obama administration for allowing this to occur. I think some people overlook the fact that you have doctors who write these prescriptions. Am I right about it? (laughs) I know that I am. You have doctors who write these prescriptions. You have pharmacists who fill these prescriptions. Uh, Per year during that time, an average of one hundred and ninety million prescriptions for opioids were written in America. Now let's let's really look at this, let's analyze this now because this could be very, very serious if doctors are already getting uh what they need, let's just say for pushing and prescribing these opioids, have we already gotten to that point where the doctors are all on board with taking on the role as distributor. Huh? How about the pharmaceutical, the pharmacist? Are the pharmacists are taking into account just how many of these prescriptions are coming across their desk? Huh? Are they are they really taking responsibility for going ahead and filling that thing? Is it cut in stone that when a doctor writes a prescription, a pharmacist is without question bound to fill that prescription? Now, the last thing I really want is for there to be some kind of check and balance and all that put in place and some regulation put in place uh, when the prescriptions written in the pharmacy I, I really don't want that. No. That just be another expense and another bureaucracy to arise. But I want Americans to get back to a point where you know the facts about how your business is being handled. Instead of there being some smokescreen from Washington, D.C., provided by representatives and senators that we have put in office to shield us from apparent detriment to our health care system that directly affects us. Who are the Legislative branch, who is the legislative branch of our nation working for? I mean, who is it? Because certainly when we look at this racket that is going on, that that is our, our American health care system, then why... are not our elected officials zeroing in on this since it affects the American people in such a direct way huh can somebody tell tell any of us why yeah Jonah Goldberg and I had that same problem. I saw Jonah Goldberg on a show today, and he could not stop coughing. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the Chinese. I don't know. I do know that they were. <laughs> I do know that they were using us as chumps. All the while, they were pouring, pouring, pouring <clears throat> fentanyl and other opioids into our country. And we, like idiots, we're going right along with it. And so the question is, um, are doctors complicit, are pharmacists complicit, since the doctors do write the prescriptions and the pharmacists do fill the prescription? Yes, we might want to talk about the Chinese and how they are slipping drugs into us uh, by the droves, they're pouring drugs into our country, but... If there wasn't such a demand for that in our country, the Chinese would have to peddle their opioids somewhere else, wouldn't they? Yes, they would. But we want what they have. We want to eat what they're cooking. Yeah. And it's opioids. So... Uh, somebody then is complicit in this with the Chinese and uh, listen all of us know that doctors in our society they're rock stars and of course I hold them to high esteem no doubt about it I admire all all the friends I have who are doctors I admire you Uh, a lot of you are a little bit more arrogant than you should be (laughs) You know who you are, but, um, you're a doctor and you pay the dues to be a doc. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> but 191 million opioid prescriptions, huh? On average between 2013 to 2017, uh, Our population in this country is only two, uh, three, three hundred, uh, well, 320 million is our population in America, which means that, um, gee whiz, half the population, if it was really representative in those types of terms could have a prescription for opioids. Wow. (laughs) Are we really in that much pain? Is that really the way to eliminate the problem of pain? Is to mask it. Is that what we're about these days? Is we're, are we about masking our pain, Americans? You know, the oddest thing about uh, the, the president of the United States, Donald John Trump, and what's going on right now is that in the truest sense of the word, this president is doing his very best to get us to face ourselves, to take the medicine necessary so that we can get well. And that is causing that type of uh, statement to America. Get well, face yourself is causing the type of blowback against a president who says Let us face ourselves, let us look ourselves in the face and say to ourselves, we are on the wrong track. And in order for us to achieve and recover ourselves, Americans, who we are, who we have been to the rest of the world. Who we are recorded to be, at least in the way history exists today. But if we as conservatives lose this fight, future generations of Americans will never know the type of country that our World War II and Depression era parents understood our nation to be and passed it on to us and somehow we fumble the ball between our children and our grandchildren somewhere we fumble that ball and the progressive liberals have recovered it at this point and if we are not careful if we're not careful you better believe we are going to lose what our foreparents fought, bled, and died for. And you know what? I don't want it lost now. I don't want it lost now. I'm a black man in America. And let me, let me tell you something. Uh, I want to be able to experience uh, everything that my parents and grandparents did not because they paid for me to enjoy it and to to enjoy that. I I don't want this to go away now. My parents saw America at its peak. My grandfather and great-grandfather, they contributed to that America coming to its peak. I, as the descendant, of former slaves in this country. I am saying to you, I do not want the system of a wealth producing machine that America is blessed by God in order to provide opportunity and be a light to the world. I don't want that to go away. Not the one that my parents saw and envisioned. Don't want that to go away. Especially when we are talking to people or people who don't have a clue about what civil rights is all about. When they're trying to talk to us about social justice. And how there should be equal outcome. No, that's not what my parents wanted. They didn't know if uh, the neighbor down the street's kid would make it, but they wanted an opportunity for their kid to make it. Yeah, that's what my parents wanted. And if the kid down the street happened to make it, that's good, too. But what they wanted was not the equal outcome. They wanted me to have my opportunity because they knew that equal outcomes didn't occur. My dad definitely knew equal outcomes did not occur. How many educated men, my father was not an educated man, but how much better did he do, did he do for himself than educated men ever did? Huh? how well did he do for himself he did very well for himself An educated man I know I know, I know many that, that were educated during the time when my dad was a maitre d head waiter he was a head waiter maitre d they had much more education dad had much more substance and money Yeah, not because they were better than him or he was better than them It's because there's no such thing as equal outcome. You make the best of what you have and it will be more than enough for you. I promise you it will. But so many times what we do is I was saying earlier, early part of the show, we lose focus. On what our purpose is. I mentioned to you, my pastor has this saying, you are a purpose with a name. James A. McMenus, the word of God ministries. That's what he says. You are a purpose with a name. And what we have done, there is no question about it. In so many different areas and facets. We have lost focus of our purpose purpose if you will hone in on what you were created to be and let that work for you you may not be Oprah but I can promise you this if you let your God given uh, endowment let him bless that for you it will be more than enough. And you can be as happy as Oprah and anybody else. <laughs> you can be. I knew. Let me tell you this, folks. I knew. And some of you know this. Some of you may be this, this story right here. My wife and I, when we lived in California, we knew this couple. They were a member of, members of our church, one of the largest contributors to our church. <laughs> Uh, in California, and they were janitors i They drove this they lived in this really nice house uh, They drove a couple of very fine cars they dressed to the nines on Sundays. You see them um, you know they dressed to the nines. I had not asked from within the board. I had not asked when I first came to the church uh, what they did for a living. and then um, I was always duly employed. and I was in, you know, the loan, the finance business, right? Okay? I was working late one evening at my office. And lo and behold, who did I see coming in? It was the well-dressed, nice car, big house living members of my church whose names I will never call. uh, But they were the janitors. And we laughed at each other. We we had this. I'll be back. I'll be back. So you came and changed my Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I. CL back with you on the home stretch of the CL Brian Show. My goodness, ran out of time in the last segment. I was telling you a story about individual Americans who exercised their God-given gifts and reaped the benefits from that. They weren't trying. They weren't trying to be nobody but them. And they found that who God, their purpose, who they were, was more provided more than enough for them, their families and their legacy. Yeah, I was telling you a story about the, these uh, church members of mine who were very well healed, very well-dressed, driven, and housed. Very nice. Everything. I ate in their home, my wife and I, and visited with them. They loved us. We loved them. But I didn't know what they did. And so uh, they probably didn't know that I had a, uh, a, a job other than uh, being a minister of evangelism and, and education there at the church. And um, so I was working late at the finance office one night and in comes the janitors and I didn't know that they were the janitors. They said, oh, yeah, but and we laughed when we saw each other because uh, they didn't know I would be there. I didn't know they would be there. And then we began to tell our stories. And let me tell you this. I found that night that that was their uh, particular place to clean. But they had, at that moment, five other crews in other buildings running their business. But that was their particular baby because it was one of their first clients, Long before I ever moved out there to California, Jane and I, they were doing that building. This is the story. They both were domestics. 25 years earlier, they both were domestics. They were cleaning people's houses and the people who houses they clean had businesses that they would tell them to go over and clean the business too. And it struck them that, hey, why not work for ourselves? Oh, hold on to the job for a while, but why not work for ourselves to see just how we might do on our own? Well, they began to work and work hard at cleaning Because that's what they did. They were janitors. They saved the money that they were making. The money was rolling in and the businesses were rolling in. And they decided to move to a little town where they could be the local cleaning service. And if I call the name of the city, you'd know it. Well, those of you living in California would know it. It's not well it's a part of L. well yeah it's I think it's San Bernardino County but it's booming their business was booming because they were themselves they took what they did and what they liked to do as humble as it might seem in the eyes of some to be a janitor I am telling you They were making plenty of money, so much so they were able to support a crew of ultimately eight that I know, aside from themselves. They still worked at certain parts of it themselves, especially clients that they brought on. Initially, they took care of them themselves. They, although they didn't have to do it, that was their purpose. That was their purpose. And the reward is such an American thing. The visual of that is such an American thing because that is the American way. Start a business. Be self-sufficient and put other people to work. That is the cornerstone of our greatness. As far as practice is concerned, aside from our Judeo-Christian ethic, the cornerstone of our greatness is to see the vision, to see it, say it, do it. Yeah, yeah. See it, say it, do it and do it with all of your might. What God gives you to do, do it with all of your might. See it, say it, do it with all of your might. And um, as and, and I, I try to be that example myself, listen, I would love to spend more time uh, at home, uh, you know, I would love to see uh, my grandchildren more. I'd love to be at my church more. Yes. Serving there in in whatever capacity that uh, is, is available for me to serve. And I thank God for that. I'd love to be in my church more. I'd love to serve my community more. But my purpose is not only to carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever I go, but also the good news of America. That's my purpose. And God blesses that because that's my purpose. And I often wonder, are there, how many out there? Don't even know. Don't have an inkling, a clue of what your purpose is. You have your name, you know your name, but you don't know what your purpose is. Well, you're a purpose with a name. So then uh, that being the case, you might need to determine what your purpose is. What is your purpose? So I know that the purpose of the progressive liberals is to bankrupt this country. But as I was saying to you earlier, and I'll close with this, if you haven't said goodbye to your Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe Biden, you need to say goodbye to him. Because the political doctors are saying that he will not be around much longer. He may fool us. Joe may bounce back. But I doubt it. And so do most of the political soothsayers and fortune tellers when it comes to Joe Biden and um, there is something else that we have to consider as we close today's show and that is the question of how long does Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and the Democrat the Democratic hordes How long do they pursue losing the 2016 election with a vengeance? How long do they pursue getting revenge for that? Let me tell you how long until they're voted out that's how long you have to put up with this because their services have been bought and paid for. And the man wants what he paid for. And as long as they are around, the man is going to get what he paid for. And that is for them to keep up the chaos in whatever way they can keep it up. Keep up the chaos. Subpoena the White House. Harass State Department employees. Call Donald John Trump everything but a child of God keep up the chaos that's what the man has paid for that's what he bought when he paid for the democrat party to go socialist marxist that's what he paid for and he's going to get his money's worth and rob and schiff and pelosi They are showing you exactly what happens to progressive liberal puppets. Once the going gets rough, you have to dance Pelosi's dancing on the end of that puppet master string for all she's worth. And so is Adam Schiff. All they're worth trying to hold on to this power, so-called power. The Puppet Masters is saying, dance. Oh, I know what you're doing looks stupid to the rest of America, but you'd better dance. That's what the Puppet Masters are saying to Pelosi and Schiff. Dance. Dance. And you better have a smile on your face when you do it. That's what they turn all of you, all of us into. If we let them. So we have to vote them out. We can't let them do that to us. Well, I'm going to be on the road here quite a bit coming up. We'll be on We'll be on every day, but I'm going to be on the road quite a bit. So tell a friend about the show and reintroduce yourself to the C.L. Bryant Show. I'll be doing a lot in this 2020 election and, uh, but I need you to do a lot as well. We cannot sit back and rest. We cannot do that. We must be engaged. We must be engaged. So join me in engaging and in joining this fight to save our republic, to oust Nancy Pelosi, and to make certain that Donald John Trump is reelected while gaining seats in the Senate. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and may God bless and keep you all. Weekday afternoons, rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and insight. The American Mutsos Show with Eric Mutsos. The Read Hour with Lawrence W. Reed. Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. The Liberty Effect with Emin Bundy. And Stranger Than Fiction with Ralph
1: DeLugas. Right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network.